Hello, I'm Todd Starnes, lead pastor of Odessa First Assembly, and I'm grateful that you joined us today. I hope and pray that this message will encourage you and bless you. And remember, you can find more information about us at odessafirstassembly.com. God bless you. I really hope that this series we've done and a spiritual for us helps you. Um, I'm, sh- I'm sure some of it has been very elementary, but I hope it has encouraged you, built you, exhorted you, equipped you. And we're going to kind of go to another layer today. Um, and really what the subject matter today is, is what I'm talking. I'm not using the term much because I kind of wanted to go, I guess, a different direction you're going to see as we unfold this morning. But what I kind of want to deal with this morning is oppression. I believe... I, there are some that they have different beliefs. I get it. I don't understand it, but I get it. You know, that some things are that way. But I do not believe that a believer, that a Christian who is bought with the blood of Jesus can be possessed. I do believe in modern day times right now, I do believe that people are and can be possessed. But if you are a believer, if you are blood bought, if you are a Christian, Ownership is sealed for you, and that's in Jesus. And uh, if you want to, if you want to debate me, I'll, you know, you'll lose. But anyway, so. Uh, but I, what I want to talk about it. But even as believers, even though we may not fall into a grotesque or 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 a, a huge bondage. As believers, we need to understand and fully see the enemy can still have influence in our life. As we're living this life, as we're living for God and we're moving forward, if we, are, uh, if, if we let our discernment you know, kind of uh, go by the wayside or, or, or uh, get dull a little bit, I'm going to tell you, we can be influenced by the enemy. I mean, we may not be headed into some you know, sin or bondage. That's where the enemy wants us. But if there, if anything you're going to see this morning is the enemy wants to derail God's plan for your life. The enemy does not want you to have life and life abundantly. The enemy doesn't want you to have life at its fullest. And sometimes we settle cheap. Are you with, are you awake this morning? You know, don't, don't sell God's plan for your life for a bowl of stew. Do you remember what happened with uh, the two brothers in the Old Testament, you know? Enoch came in hungry, famished, and he gave away his birthright for a bowl of stew. We need to be wise and have wisdom and, and the Holy Spirit leading and guiding us. You know, with part one, we talked about truth. Part two, we talked about how to stand in truth. Last week, we talked about how those things, the enemy has uh, locked behind those gates that the gates of hell shall not prevail against us. And this morning, as we pick up right there, we're going to pick up right where we left off last week. And this powerful moment, this thing that has happened, remember Jesus asked, who do People say that I am, and the disciples responded. Some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, some say Jeremiah, one of the prophets. And then Peter got it right. Peter got it right because the next question Jesus asked, who do you say that I am? And Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus affirmed Peter. 
He says, you're right, Peter, but it's not flesh and blood that revealed this to you. It was my Father in heaven. And because you got it right, because you got the revelation on who I am, upon this rock I'll build my church, and you're going to bind and loose stuff, and kings of the kingdom, and all that good stuff. And then right after that moment, we see something that is just really contrary to what happens in, uh, in that Matthew 16 through 18, 19. And we pick up a Matthew 16, 21. And it says this, from that time on, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem. Why did he now start doing that? Because they got it. I mean, they, they had this whole experience that he's Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And, and you know, the, God, uh, Jesus knew that the Father was revealing things to them. And so he begins to open up more that he was going to suffer many things at the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and raised on the third day. We don't know if this was days after. This could have been minutes after. It could have been a short time after. But we know that Jesus began to teach them about these things, talk about these things. And then when he said this, we see in verse 2 that Peter took Jesus aside and began to rebuke him. That is somebody who ate too many oats that morning. I mean, it's, I mean put yourself on Peter. I mean, really? You're going to, okay, Jesus, the, the Son of God, you're going to rebuke him? And what does he say? He said, no, far be it from you, Lord. This shall never happen to you. But there was a reason why this had to happen to Jesus, right? This had to happen to Je There can be no forgiveness of sin unless the shedding of blood. The way that we are, for the, how our sins are washed away is because of the Lamb of God. So there's a, there was a mission and a purpose upon Jesus, right? And Peter, by what he's saying, wants to thwart, wants to stop the purpose of God. Are you following me? And Jesus says to him, get behind me, Satan. You're a hindrance to me, for you're not setting your mind on the things of God, but the things of man. Okay, so Peter goes from hero to zero in a matter of a few verses. I mean, you get, I mean, he's going from, I mean, I mean, could you imagine? I mean, put yourself in Peter's shoes. He hears this affirmation from Jesus. That's right, Peter, you got it right. Get behind me, Satan. I mean, some of us would have some issues. <laughs> Hello. I mean, what is happening? What is going on right here? He went from a special revelation from the Father to get behind me, Satan. It may have been minutes. We don't know. It could have been a couple of days. could have been weeks. I mean, from here are the keys of the kingdom. You're going to bind and loose stuff to get behind me, Satan. You're a stumbling block. First, you need to know this, is that Jesus was not saying that Peter was Satan. Peter was not Satan, but he was being influenced by Satan. Are you with me so far? See, the key really there is not, see, Peter becoming the stumbling block was the mission of the enemy. And he went from, and this should be sobering to us, he went from this revelation, holy moment to being influenced by the enemy. It can happen that quick. That's how cunning and deceptive the enemy is. 
Peter was not Satan, but he was being influenced. The enemy, did you know the enemy has a will? See, God has a purpose, a plan for you, a hope and a future, the Bible tells us. Did you know the enemy has a will for your life? He wants to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants you caught up in bondage. That's the enemy's will for your life. And if the enemy can influence you, come on somebody, if he can, in, I mean, you may not be following for the affair or the drug addiction or the, or, 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 or the drunkenness or the pornography or whatever the big sins that we may do quote, air quotes on. But if he can influence a shift in your life. Jesus was bringing light. When he said, get behind me, Satan, you're, you're thinking in man's ways, not God's ways. You are, you're being a stumbling block. What Jesus was doing was bringing light to the enemy's agenda. The Bible tells us in Acts 26 and verse 17 and 18, delivering you from your people and from the Gentiles. This is, G, this is Paul recounting his uh, encounter with Jesus and the mandate that Paul felt Jesus placed upon him. And he goes on to say, to whom I am sending you, talking about the Gentiles, to whom I'm sending you, to open their eyes so they may turn from darkness to light. Part of spiritual warfare is exposing what's in darkness. And that's what we're trying to do with this series. But it goes on to say, and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. And so as part of the front line, right, remember I've told you about this, is that the front line of spiritual warfare is in truth. Part of our mission, part of we, what we do is we need to shine the light in dark areas because the enemy likes to hide in the dark. And that's why when you are contending and dealing or bound by some sin, why you don't want no one to know. That's the influence of the enemy. Because the enemy knows if you get it out into the light, he loses power. Because he can't accuse your conscience anymore. I'm going to tell you, listen to me, listen. I, I, this is for free right now. If, if you are bound in any kind of lifestyle of sin, I want, I, you need to know something. Do not let the enemy tell you. I'm just going to have all the fingers point at me. Do not let the enemy tell you that I'm going to judge you. Do not let the enemy tell you that you're going to be made fun of. Do not let the enemy tell you that we're going to ostracize you. We're going to cast you out. All of those are lies. All of them. I'm not saying that we won't speak or I won't speak truth. But I'll tell you this, I'll, I'll, I'll love you anyway. I'll, don't let the enemy tell you that you're unlovable. Don't let the enemy tell you that, 
that you're, you're not a worthy vessel. Don't t- let the enemy tell you. In- no, that's, the, it, that's the influence of the enemy. That's what oppression is. That's what oppression is. A second thing is this, is that we see in the scripture, he says, Satan, get behind me. The enemy's agenda is to be a stumbling block. Is to be, the enemy wants to thwart, wants to uproot, wants to undermine God's plan and purpose for your life. And he'll use any means possible to do that. Even if it seems innocent. Are you awake this morning? Is this, is this okay? I mean, do you realize how the enemy got Eve to fall for taking the fruit, right? Is that he made what was evil look good. She looked at the fruit that, that God said, don't eat of this fruit And she looked at it, and the Bible says, you can go back and read it, it says that she saw it as good. That's an exact quote. And that's what the enemy does. If he can shift, if he can influence you and your decision making. And so the enemy's agenda is to be a stumbling block. When I look in Matthew chapter 4 and verse 1 through 11, many of you are familiar with this. This is where Jesus was fasting and he is led into the wilderness, and he was tempted by the enemy. And we see the enemy comes to him with three different scenarios, three different temptations. One of them was, he says, if you're hungry, why don't you turn these loaves to bread? And Jesus responds, how does he respond? He responds with God's word, and he says, that man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that comes out of the mouth of God. Then he takes him to the temple. And he takes him to the temple and he says, you know, cast yourself down. I mean, the angels are supposed to take care of you. And Jesus responds again with God's word. Do not tempt the Lord thy God, right? And then he takes him to the mountain and he, takes, and he says, Jesus, if you'll just worship me, if you'll just bow down to me and you can have all of this. And Jesus says there what? He says, get behind, you'll see it in verse 11. Uh, then the, or in verse 10, then Jesus said to him, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and you shall only, you, and, and only, serve, and only serve God. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and ministered to him. You know, these were temptations, but you also have to remember that it was, it was, it was Satan's agenda, the core of all this, was to influence the Son of God to lay down his deity, to lay down his purpose, and not fulfill the mission that God had put upon him and called him to. And so in any one of these, if he would have given in to that influence of the enemy in any of those things, I, we wouldn't be, of course, that's an impossibility, but we wouldn't be here today. I mean, stumbling blocks. You know, it's, I think so many times we're, we're worried about that the big one will get us, right? As a matter of fact, I have, have you ever heard of the, I may need to preach on this sometime. You ever heard of the red button theology? I, I just put theology on there for fun. Have you ever heard of the red button theology? I, you know, I don't know if you're this way, but I, do you remember the Staples red button? Did anybody? I had one of those and I loved it. And I have a, you know, a focus problem. It may be linked to ADHD. I don't know. I could sit there in my office, so. 
That was easy. That was easy. That was easy. It's the big red button. I mean, most of us are wired in a way that you put something in front of us and say, no, you're going to push the red button. Anybody else wired that way? <laughs> well, stumbling blocks, I mean, see, we're, we're, we're worried about the big red button. We're worried about the, the big sin, right? That, and, and we should be. We should be concerned about that. But I'm going to tell you, that's not the way the enemy operates. Sometimes the enemy puts them on your life and begins to just simply to say little Take little shots about somebody else in front of you. You know, so-and-so, I'll tell you what, they just get on my nerve. Oh, it's going to get really good now. Do you hear me? Oh, you know, so-and-so, and, you know, that gossip and dissension this kind of gets thrown out there. Right? Or, uh, I mean, what? I mean, what other stumbling block? I mean, gossip. I mean, we like to amen the big ones, don't we? But we start talking about this stuff. <laughs> I mean, the Bible says, if I mean, do everything you can to keep the the bond of the unity of peace. Or maybe, or maybe. You tend to, you know, maybe you, we look at the, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, and maybe you struggle with some of those. Maybe it's patience. Maybe it's gentleness. Maybe, maybe it's, it's kindness. I mean, if the enemy knows he's got you in a cycle that you like to fly off the handle, what kind of circumstance do you think he's going to throw out there? Right? What, what do you think he's going if, if he knows you get around, you do, you do great. I mean, you live for God. It, I mean, all your ducks get in a row. But then that one person comes around. Right? And I, I mean, so think about it. Here's what Jesus, he's saying, get behind me, Satan. You're a, you're a, you're a stump. You're trying to thwart. You're trying to undermine the purpose that God has for my life but here's the thing did you know see the here's the here's the problem with the red button I'll, i'm not i had this idea well maybe i can you know we're like we try to we try to you know okay here's the stumbling blocks okay you know did you know the way through the stumbling blocks is not for your eyes to be on the stumbling block on the circumstance? Do you know how to get past the stumbling block? It's for your eyes to be up. For your eyes to be up. I know it's counterintuitive to what, you know, the way our brains think, but see, if our focus is on Jesus, see, if you know the authenticity of who he is and his voice and what he has for you. See, the enemy wants you to believe that God is withholding something from you in some fashion or form, that, that God is keeping from you, but God is not keeping at all. God has given you everything. But the enemy doesn't want you to believe that. I mean, he'll try so many ways to try to influence our thinking and the way that we're living life. And I mean, 85% of life might be good. But I, he promised to have life and life abundantly. And so when we get our eyes on him, but you know, the, way, the secret service, did you know the way they chain the secret service on, 
on, on finding the counterfeit is that they study the actual. They don't, they don't just spend all, invest all their time on studying the counterfeit. They look at the real thing. And so if we keep our eyes on him, we don't have to worry about the rest so much. You understand what I'm saying? If God created you with a plan of purpose and the enemy wants to derail what God has for you, the way around the stumbling block is not to look down, but to look up. I mean, look what our scripture says in Matthew 16, 23. Jesus says it this way. Your mind, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but what? The things of man. So maybe we should get our minds, our eyes, our heart set on the things of God and worry less about the circumstance that surrounds us. And so the enemy, he's going to try many ways to influence you. He does it by accusation. He's the accuser. Romans 12.10 tells us that he's the accuser of the brethren. What does that mean? He's going to, he stands before God day and night telling God, Jimmy's worthless. He can't live for you. What are you even doing with Jimmy? Hello, Jimmy, you're not worthless. That's, that's the devil, okay? That's the accuser. You're just a sinner. You're never, if you can't do it right, you might as well not do it at all. Is, are you with me still this morning? Or deception, I mean, it's outright deception. We've kind of talked about that. 2 Corinthians 4.4 4 tells us, in their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers. That is the enemy and his deception. To keep them from seeing the what? The light. The light of the gospel of the glory of Christ is the image of God. He does it through accusation. He does it through deception. He does it through temptation. I mean, we read in Matthew 4, 3, when the tempter came, who is he? He is the tempter. God does not tempt us. Remember, that Scripture explicitly says that. God does not tempt man. He does not tempt us. Temptation is the tool of the enemy. Listen to me. As we move forward, you need to know this. I said a little bit earlier, but ownership for you is not at stake. If you are a Christian, if you have come to the place where you ask the Lord to wash you, to forgive you of your sins, to cleanse you, who owns you is not up for debate. And all the enemy can do is accuse, tempt, try to deceive, try to influence. But when you are bought with the blood of Jesus, the ownership of you has been sealed. You are a child of God. Do not let the enemy tell you different or otherwise. I mean, when I, when I think about this, so, I mean, Satan took Jesus on the uh, top of the mountain you know, to get him to, to worship him. And, of course, and, and the other temptations there, the other areas that Satan was trying to influence Jesus. You have to remember that we live in a, a fallen world that the enemy is just really walking about like a roaring lion to see who he can devour. He is out to steal, kill, and destroy. And he... He has that ability to do that. But listen to me. 
the way he does that is to get you to fall for it. You see, man gave up his place of authority here on earth when the fall of man. And so the enemy became the rebel authority of earth. Now I'm going to tell you, the Bible still tells us, I, I, have a, I think a little bit later on, but the Bible tells us, I think in Psalm 24 1, that the Lord, that, ever, that everything is the Lord's, and you know, of, of the earth is the Lord's thereof. And I mean, that is true, but listen to me. The enemy has an avenue of influence, on, when we allow it, of influence on, on our life. We have all been born spiritually dead and subject to the ruler of this world. I mean, that's where that scripture comes in, that the, the God of this age has blinded the eyes, the minds of the unbelievers. I mean, that's his influence. Ephesians 2.2 tells us, in which you once walked, talking about that old life, in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of the disobedience. But when we received Christ, God delivered us from the darkness, and he transferred us into the kingdom of of his beloved son. You can read it in first and Colossians 1:13. He's transferred us. Our eyes have been opened. We have come so when we come out of the kingdom of darkness, the only way the enemy can have influence in our life is if we go back and allow him to have that influence. Our citizenship was changed from earth to heaven. Satan is the ruler of this world, but he is he's no longer our ruler. Jesus Christ is our ruler. But as long as we remain on planet earth, we are still going to have to contend with the enemy. Uh, maybe, the, I, as I said, I know the psalmist wrote that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. But while we are living here, we're going to have to engage the enemy in battle. And, not, and here's the point I'm trying to bring across. It, the way we engage that battle is we, in, in those areas of our life, we have to end the influence the enemy has been giving us or we've been taking a hold of. I mean, there's so many things. Oh, wow. I mean, it's, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> I was thinking about this, and I, I think I've talked about this before, but, you know, uh, I've been a volunteer leader at our youth camp, kids camp in Roaring Springs for well, literally decades now, for years. And it, 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 it doesn't matter if it was when, I mean, the first time I ever went to youth camp was, was 1987. And um, so I've, I've pretty much not missed a summer. So there's a couple of summers in there. But pretty much on a summer that I've, I've missed. And there's something I have seen every single time. Have, if we had had summer camp this year in the pandemic, it would have happened. I would have seen it. Because it happened last year, just like it did the year before, the year before. The, what am I talking about? It is amazing to me to see these students that get off buses. And students not know each other. And immediately who they gravitate towards. It's amazing to me. I, do you know what I'm talking about? I mean, the, the, the ones that really don't have uh, the things of God on their mind tend to find each other on Monday at camp. Does that kind of, 
express a little bit more what I'm talking about. What I'm saying is birds of a feather flock together. <laughs> There's an influence of the enemy and, that enemy, and the enemy draws them into one another because he's trying to create a stronghold out of his influence. But see, teenagers aren't the only ones that are susceptible to that. It's the same way in our life as in adults. He will try to rule over our lives by deceiving us to believe that we are still under his authority. But we are aliens in this hostile world. But Christ has given all the protection we need from the evil tyrant, the enemy. Let me illustrate it this way. I, I, I love, I love uh, visiting. I, I, I don't know that I would ever want to live in a, like a metropolis, you know, a place with like, I, if you've never really traveled much, just so you know, I know Midland says they're the tall city. They're not. I'm sorry. I know that's sad. Uh, there are areas that are taller and have a lot more of the tall buildings but one of my favorite things to do, I mean, you might think, you know, you might think I'm, well, anyway. Uh, I love riding elevators in tall buildings. I do. Whenever we go, I mean, Dallas-Fort Worth or Boston or any, anywhere I've been that had, like, you know, like really real skyscrapers and, and buildings, I love riding elevators up and down. I do. And like, trying to get out and seeing and Getting areas maybe we're not supposed to, but that's a whole different story. But anyway, uh, if you've ever walked in a downtown area, you're surrounded by buildings, and you can't see a whole bunch but those buildings. Let me tell you the way the enemy, how does the enemy try to influence us? Here's what you have to imagine, is that you are on a street, and, you're, and there's buildings on each side. There's tall buildings on each side of you. Remember, what we're talking about is the prince of the power of the air, the, 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 the principalities, you remember that scripture, Ephesians 6, 12? And so we're on this street, and we're, we're you know, say, New York or wherever, and we're, we're surrounded. We have east side these tall buildings, and what you have to imagine is a narrow street right in front of us, but right in front of us down the street is Jesus, and Jesus is our goal, right? The, the Bible tells us that I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind me and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on to the goal of the mark of the high calling, of the upper calling of, of Christ Jesus. I, he is, Jesus is our goal, right? And so we're walking down this street, and here's what you have to picture about this street. There are no blockades. There's no cones. There's, uh, there, there's not any even construction, can you imagine? There's no random, you know, right lane ends without no right lane end sign. Some of you know what I'm talking about right there. They say, theoretically, they do that because it makes traffic flow quicker. My blood pressure says different. But anyway, so there, there's, there's no blockade, there's nothing, there's no manholes, there's no traffic, there's nothing and and the way and the line of sight and you and Jesus. But we live in a fallen world. And we're we have these buildings on each side of us and what you have to imagine is these buildings are inhabited by beings by principalities, by powers, by enemy forces that their goal is to keep you from reaching your goal. Do you hear me? 
You know, you ever see those, you know, on TV, whatever, I've never been in one, but, you know, the, the tinker tape parades and, you know, everybody's opening their windows, you know, in downtown, you know, New York or whatever, and, you know, all the confetti's coming down. I mean, that's, that's, that's what the enemy's doing. He's, he, the, he hides in these buildings, the windows are open, and the, he has no power to block your path because your path has been taken care of because of the blood of Jesus. They're not allowed to throw anything in the street in your path. They can't slow you down. They can't hold you back. All they can do is hang out their windows hoping to get your attention. They become stumbling blocks. You know, and I, I'm going to tell you, I, I, I know I'm not one too often that, you know, I get on that soapbox kind of preaching and, and preach about stuff. But I'm going to tell you, though, those stumbling blocks, they can really be they can, it, can, it can be, a, it can be a, a TV show. It can be a, it can be a hobby. I mean, I mean, we're just not talking about gossip and dissension and backbiting and discord and, you know, all that kind of stuff. I mean, of course, I mean, a stumbling block. Maybe you're at the place where you're still struggling with some, some pretty deep, sinful issues. I mean, if anybody can get those stumbling blocks out there, he's going to try to do it are you with me this morning for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood but against the rulers against authorities against cosmic powers over this present darkness against spiritual forces and heavenly places they are hoping to turn your attention away from your goal from the let me say it this way they are trying to keep you for, and, uh, away from God's fulfillment of the destinies placed upon your life. I, the, uh, I read a book. I don't remember the name of the book. I don't remember the name of the author. I know a pastor wrote it. I know he pastored in San Antonio. I mean, it, it wasn't, uh, uh, wasn't Max Licato, but I, or it wasn't, uh, it wasn't John Hagee. I can't remember the name of the pastor, but he, he wrote a book and, uh, and was telling different stories about uh, spiritual warfare and, and uh, you know, accounts that had happened. He, and one, I, I don't remember much, but I do remember this story. He talks about a, um, a lady, they were having these special services, and a lady came forward to receive Christ, and he went down and met with her and um, was going to lead her to salvation, and she got really hesitant she said, no, I don't, I don't know that I'm ready. He's like, no, you, today's the day of salvation. You need to do this. He said, I'm not trying to scare you. We don't know what lies around the corner. You need to get saved now. And she's like, you know, I'll, I'll come back tomorrow night. I'll, I'll come back tomorrow night, and I'll give my heart to the Lord. And he's like, no. And, he, and we really tried to urge her, but she ended up leaving the service. And, and as she was leaving, driving home, she was one that had never picked up a hitchhiker. But she she saw a hitchhiker and there was a lady and so she picked her up and she gets in the car and and really make a, a long story short um she ends up taking that lady home this lady um uh, that had you know responded to the altar call but decided to wait to give her heart to the lord she had never dealt with um lesbian tendencies ever never crossed her mind this hitchhiker woman she picked up and they entered she entered into a lesbian relationship with her and was that way for months. 
And then one day she wakes up, and this lady's packing up her stuff and fixing and, and going to leave. And she's like, what, what's going on? I mean, she's confused. What's happening? What's going on? What are you doing? And the, lady just, the other lady just turns around just matter-of-factly and says, you know what? Um, the enemy, Satan knew you were going to give your heart to the Lord if he went back to that service. So he sent me to keep you from doing it. You have no idea. I don't think we fully can conceive or comprehend what the enemy is trying to do in our life. Does that mean that we walk around in fear? Nor does it mean, don't, you know, if the Lord directs you to pick up a hitchhiker, I'm not even saying that. And I, you don't have to live in fear. You don't have to live in anxiety or worry. But our eyes need to be open at the seriousness of this, of the battle that we are engaged in, and the influence I mean, the enemy, I mean, that dream that you have, the enemy does not want to see it come to pass. That vision that you've got, the enemy does not want to see it come to pass. That plan of God that's unfolding in your life, the enemy wants to stop that plan. I mean, how many times before we have stepped out in faith or, or stepped out of the comfort zone or, or had a shift spiritually in our life that we hear that taunting voice in our head. Who do you think you are? God doesn't love you. You're just going to fail again like you failed the last time. Nobody loves you. You are unlovable. You're a mistake. How, why do you think God would use you to do this? Who's going to... Come on, somebody stop me. <laughs> Has anybody heard those voices before? That's the enemy trying to influence you to stop in reaching your goal that God has for you. Satan's emissaries are masters at accusations. I mean, they, they may shout at you. You, you, don't, you, know, you, need some, you need some you time. You don't need to go to church today. I'm going to tell you, the Bible does say, do not forsake the assembly. And I'm going to paraphrase it in the, in the PT's version. But... Look at what today's like, and that means meet more, not less. And I'm, I'm going to tell you in a very loving way that if you're not plugged into a connect group, you need to be. It'll give you connection, discipleship, and community that you won't find anywhere else. And I'm, not trying, I'm just not trying to plug an agenda. I'm trying to tell you that if you want to be strong in today's age of the, against the onslaught the enemy has against us, be faithful to worship and get plugged in somewhere. Other things maybe, uh, you know, it's not important to read the Bible. You're, you worked hard all day. You're so tired. You, you know, go get some ice cream. You know you can eat ice cream and read the Bible at the same time. Did you know that? So what have you been given? You have been given protection. You have been given authority. And you have been given truth. And so that's where we stand against the stumbling blocks. Because when he comes at you and says, you know what? You're going to fail just like you failed last time. And you get your eyes on Jesus and you say, no. See, we're going to respond just the way Jesus did in Matthew chapter 4. Are you with me? And the enemy comes at you and says, you know what, you're just going to, you just always mess up. You know, I mean, yeah, you say this time, you're going to live for God this time, and then, you know, oh, you know so-and-so is going to call you, and, and, you know, 
why even try? And that's where you said, no, I mean, according to the promise of God, I am overwhelmingly more than a conqueror. I know it's a cheesy illustration, but it, it works, right? You know, when the enemy says, you know, who, who's going to love you? If, everybody knew, if anybody knew the truth about you, they wouldn't love you anymore. Just keep it hidden there in the dark. And you say, no, 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 no. Jesus is light. And I, I, need, I need people surrounding me that love me, that's going to speak life into me. And I am a child of God. I'm, right? I mean, when the, when, when the enemy comes at you and says, you know what, just, you know, just, just, just. You know, I don't even know what bars are around anymore. I mean, back in my day, it was like Midnight Rodeo. Woo-hoo. There was another one. I can't remember the name of it. But the, the, Oh, the Eagles. Yeah, we always went to the Eagles. Anyway, not glorying in that. I, I can't make it relevant because I know what's out there. But listen to me. When the friend calls you up, oh, you don't, you, you don't have to drink. What's one drink going to hurt anyway? No, I'm not going to listen to that anymore because that's not who I am in Christ anymore. I'm, try, I'm trying to help you just a little bit. Would you, are you coming with me? When the, when the gossip comes around you and starts unloading even what seems innocent, talking negative about other... I mean, the Bible says, do not let corrupt communication come out of your mouth unless it benefits the hearers. Ephesians 4.29 and so, you know, sometimes with those people, you got to say, uh, talk to the hand. Hey, do you still love me? I love you guys. Oh. You know, there's three fingers at me. I, you know. <laughs> Protection, authority, truth. Luke 10, 19. Behold, I've given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall hurt you. And let me tell you the beauty of this. Kaysen, would you help me out? You're going to become a sermon illustration. You all right? You good? You got preacher lineage, man. Come on. You can just kick that block over and just kind of stand right there where that block is. So here's the deal. Chase is going to wish he was here right now because he's broke. I got here in my wallet. You know, I never had, I never carried cash until we were going cashless. I was like, I'm going to carry cash. So anyway. So I got a $20 bill right here. This is mine. So whose is this $20 bill? Whose is this $20 bill? Come on, class. It's mine. So if this is my $20 bill, what can I do with this $20 bill? I can do whatever I, can, whatever I want to do with my $20 bill. I can do my $20. My wife can't even tell me. Anyway. Um, <laughs> it's my 20 And so I can buy, pay for, whatever. I mean, right now it's... All that of this I can get goes in to pay for Shaley's college. But anyway, but if I decide to give this to Kaysen, if I give that to Kaysen, whose is it now? Kaysen, I'm giving you that $20 bill. Whose is it? You say that so, but see, that's exactly what we do, right, with what God's given us. We're like, me? Who's, I just gave you 20 bucks, man. Whose is it? Yeah. It's yours. 
Jesus says, I've given you power and authority. What? R- really? He says, I've get, I mean, you know what? Anytime I've gotten a birthday present and I ripped that thing open, there was never any question in, any, in, in, in my mind whose that was. Hello? God has given you, Jesus said, I've given you power and authority over who? The enemy. Matter of fact, the Bible says the God of peace shall soon crush Satan underneath where? Underneath your feet. That's what the Bible says in Romans chapter 16. You have been given authority. Why have you been given that authority when he's trying to influence you and deceive you and tempt you and accuse you? You can stand firm and say, no more devil. (laughs) Y'all aren't coming along with me. I'm ready to preach, man. Oh, this, and then there's truth. John 14, 17. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, you know him for he dwells where? In you. And he'll be with you. You don't, don't, what I'm trying to say is this, don't be so concerned about where you may be deceived. Get your eyes on the truth. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope that this message was an encouragement to you. Remember, you can find more about us at odessafirstassembly.com and also across the social media platforms. It is our prayer that God blesses you, keeps you, sustains you. And if you're ever in the area of the Permian Basin, come and join us at Odessa First Assembly. God bless you.